One, two, three. This is Three Song Stories, the podcast that creates biography using music and the power it has to connect us to times and places and people and emotions from our lives. We extract our guests' personalities and personal histories. We mine the connections music has made during their lifetimes. We tap into the way songs bind us to our pasts and to our memories on an almost cellular level. My guest today is Eric Raditz. He's a man of many things known by many people around Southwest Florida. He's probably most publicly known as the man behind the Fort Myers Film Festival, which he founded in 2010. He also founded the Naples International Film Festival the year before. But when it comes to his work, Eric Raditz is definitely best known, whether people know it or not, for his work as presentation editor at Florida Weekly. He's one of the main forces behind the paper's visual aesthetic. He's also a regular contributor on NBC2 News in Fort Myers, the creative director at Florida Southwestern State College, and the presentation editor at the Babcock Ranch Telegraph. And last but not least, Eric has won the Most Likely to Wear a Sport Coat with Sneakers Award at least five years running. I've lost count by now. That last part isn't true. Hey, Eric. (laughs) Hey, Mike. (laughs) That last part is not true. What are you wearing right now? I'm wearing a coat and sneakers. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's get, this, sneakers. let's get to this podcast. What was the musical background of your childhood, Eric Raditz? What was music? Uh, what music was around you when you were a kid? So my my dad was and mom. I, I remember playing um, as a young child a lot of Beatles. Um, so kind of sixties. Uh, I remember some Love and Spoonful and Monkeys and uh, I, I don't know. Pro- probably those those kind of come to mind. As I kind of led into becoming kind of making decisions of my own in a musical way, was music being chosen and played on records and whatnot around the house, or was it just whatever came on the radio? Uh, it definitely, we had the vinyl albums. In fact, uh, my dad still has a full collection of the vinyl Beatles and uh, of that genre of music. So he was he was definitely selecting. Uh, he was curating music for the family at a young age. Of course, uh, we we would turn on the radio. And listen to it, and you know, Grandpa. When we were on Grandpa, he had his. He loved Barbara Streisand, uh, you know, and then Grandma loved Tony Bennett, uh, and um, and and that could go on with some of the different. Any Barry uh, Manilow in there? I would say I would say no. Okay. No, I I developed a love for Barry Manilow all on my own. Oh, that's later in life. Is that is it one of your songs today? No, but it's possible that I'll even develop a greater love for Barry Manilow the older I get. Yeah, you know, it could happen. <laughs> so, um, can you remember the first time that uh, music moved you? Wow, that's something that you know. Some, mm-hmm. Can you remember a moment or a song or something that you were like, "Wow, that's like something." Mm-hmm. Hey, wow. So we're we're thinking super young, super young moment. Not or? necessarily. Okay. Uh, yeah, I I I I would say that um, uh, probably I I can't. <laughs> I okay. Can't. No, that's fine. <laughs> it sucks. <laughs> I should be able to say something. That abs- I mean, I, I I don't want to set something too much older. I mean, of course, uh, as, as I grew older, I remember getting Chariots of Fire as one of my first uh-huh. um, records that I chose for myself. So in a way, there might be something there where uh, there was some independence in making musical selection. Uh, and I love that Chariots of Fire song. And I remember playing it 
like, this is my choice. That actually is sort of my next question was oh. what was the first music that you owned? Would that have been the Chariots of Fire soundtrack or was that at just, least on the just short the list? Just the vinyl. Just the uh, 45 vinyl. Remember there's a little little 45 vinyl. Uh, I didn't even hadn't even seen the movie, but I I had heard it on the radio, and that back then we were also using tapes to uh, record when songs came on the radio, and we had the mixtapes. So I know the the millennials uh, love to talk about mixtapes, and I lived the mixtapes, I guess. So who was the person for whom you first made a mixtape? Well, look at that! You have a little. Pa- you were going to ask that no matter what because I brought a mixtape. Who did I? Who did I make the first? I'm reading your mind, Eric. Uh, well, right? it, well, it would be for all my homies in Joliet, Illinois. Uh, it was not like a like a, a mixtape for a girlfriend uh, or anything like okay, that. Okay, so this was sharing music with buddies. Yeah, because you know we 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 would go out and play baseball all day. You know, go Cubs, and uh, we we made our own field, and you know sometimes we played basketball and Star Wars figures and kind of like Stranger Things before there was Stranger Things. Right. That was. Kind of my my suburban Chicago lifestyle, and we would make the mixtapes and then play them as we uh, played video games and played you know the the original Atari and ColecoVision and what would have been on those tapes at that time? Can you kind of dial into the era of music that was? Uh, so eighties, it'd be late eighties, um, and I'm trying to think of uh, some of the some of the media immediate songs uh, that they put me on the spot a little bit. Um, uh, you know, I, I think <laughs> it's funny I started thinking about. Whitney Houston for well, yeah, some Yeah, how could you reason. miss Whitney Houston during that era? Uh, you wham, know? you know, wham, wake, wake me up before yeah, you go-go. Maybe some Millie uh, Vanilli uh, before the, they went south. Was a little, little earlier, a little early to Millie Vanilli, but okay. uh, certainly Huey Lewis, uh, oh, The yes. Power of Love, you know, Back yeah. to the Future came out. And I was always a fan of John Williams. I, always, I didn't really understand what it, was, what it meant to be a composer. But I think even uh, as I looked at some of my musical tastes, there was, there was rock and roll, there was R&B, um, and there was uh, – and there was some classical, I hate to say it like that, but some confidence. So like John Williams is somebody I, I remember. Wow, you're ashamed of your classical music. No, I'm as not. A, but yeah. it's, I, I try to be cool. I'm really not. So um, can you remember the first time someone made you a mixtape? And I mean that more in the, you know, I'm trying to get your attention with my cool musical stylings. Ah, uh, well, you know, I wow. I haven't really dated a lot in my life, Mike Canary, and I, I just don't remember um, – who the the barrage of 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 mixtapes came from? It was just so many girls that were looking for my attention back in those days that they would just come in random, kind of like here's a random tape, and I had to guess who it was from. I, I just made that up. No, I, I I don't really know who. Um, I don't think I think mixtapes for me was more personal. It was less of the this kind of romantic. I mean, I really do think it got into serious relationships where. It wasn't even a mixtape by the point. I, I was making CDs for, you know, my wife that, that was dating you know, my wife, my then wife. So it would be right, like a right. CD mix or, you know, a little um, pl- playlist. Playlist. That's what, the, <laughs> that's what the kids call it these days. But I think we just for, – just for homies. Right, right. Uh, favorite band? Beatles. Beatles. OK. That was easy. You didn't even hesitate. Look me right in the eyes. Yeah, there's plenty and but you just – you can't top. OK. So um, – on that note, we're going to get to your first song, okay? Which is a Beatles song. All right. What is it about this particular Beatles song that made it on your list of three? Because three is a short list. Beatles put out a lot of songs. Give me a story. There, I think. <clears throat> so I'm going to do a little introduction to the song before we play it. Sure, go right ahead. I think the song speaks for itself, and it's hard for me to really say more than the song says. For for as far as the song goes. I don't think there is a more perfect song 
with a grander or deeper message by a better, more musically talented group. Um, and afterwards, I may be more inclined to tell you why, because I think it's going to put me in the mood to talk more, and I hate to uh, overhype. And you can't really under. Yeah, I'm not sure you like. can. I'm not sure you can overhype. <laughs> All you need is love. Okay. By the Beatles. But uh, we're going to listen to that now. We're going to stare at each other in the eyes during it. Can we hold hands? No. Okay. This is Eric Raddatz's first song on today's episode of Three Song Stories. Right, Eric Raditz. So, where's that take you? Uh, time, place, thought, memory. Well, you know, first off, it was very hard to pick these three songs, and this song is one that encapsulates probably my entire life. Um, hearing it at a young age and not understanding, uh, I think I liked it just musically. Um, the, the the instrumental arrangement was complex but simple song and simple lyrics, which is of course something that I've always loved about the Beatles. And then the older you get, the more you realize that it's quite very deep, uh, what the word, what the words really mean. And there's something I can really identify uh, with that, you know, I mean, um, to say love is all you need is really oversimplification of life probably or it is the absolute explanation of life. And I think it's more the latter. Um, think about what do we really need in life. Um, we're at this like point in time where we have these – Few few short years, these these small moments, and uh, you know, out of necessity, we need wa- we need water and food and air, uh, of course. So, in, so in a way, it's 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 there are some more things we need. Some cash would be all right too, but um, you know, when it comes right down to it, you know, to love is perhaps the the finest of of these things. And uh, when we think of the complicated things that we go through in our life, um, from from a young child to an older man. Uh, I, I hate to say the solution is love, but if you look to love, you find um, so many answers and so many solutions to how to live. And so there's some brilliant, there's some real brilliance and profound, uh, deep meaning in um, in the words and the sentiment. And as far as identifying with any other. Any other song, I, I feel like it would be impossible um, because, you know, to have love is is, is maybe life's greatest gift. And uh, so that's really all you need. How often do you typically listen to it or the Beatles in general in your you know modern music consumption habits? Um, I would say uh, – I would say fairly regularly, more into a mix if we're talking about habits. Um, we'll have – my my playlists set on uh, on um, not on random but on what's it called <laughs> shuffle shuffle same so, difference right so and in there the Beatles will play and so so the pop up just about every time I play uh, my E Rad Eric Rad it's radio uh, it, it's in there so is that pop- is that streaming somewhere that we can all share with I could share it with you and I'm not sure how anyone could enjoy it more than me but I'll send it to you okay uh, and then you can publish it if you want or but there's there's an eclectic mix, which if you see the top 100 songs, which I was also thinking of actually putting out there after this because uh, it really comes down to you you have, you have to eliminate a lot of songs you love when you do this show, which is which is awesome. Well, let's talk about that. Let's talk about what almost made the cut. What was your fourth when you had it down to four? What was okay. the one? Because you know by then you're like you're like killing one of your kids. <laughs> oh god! You know what I mean? It's like wow, I love all four of these, but one of you has to go. 
Well, it, well, well. As I was looking at the Beatles, all you need is, is love, and also color me bads. I want to sex you up. It was <laughs> a toss up because as much as we love love, we love sex, and so the ooh, I want to sex you up may not be as deep or profound as the Beatles on you love, but. It was primal and it's also something that, that really the continuation of the human species, uh, it, it, it just revolves around listening to the words. It's like the yin and the yang. You, you have to have sex for the human race to continue. You have to. So I'm, I'm kidding about the, the, that one. Uh, if I were to pick a song about sex, that it would be Salt and Peppers. Let's talk about sex. Right. OK. Uh, or – Sexual healing. Okay. So all the songs about sex kind of had to get thrown behind the top three, but there was a few. So what's number four? <laughs> Back to the question. <laughs> you saw that I spun that? Yeah, I see how you did that. Uh, you know, <clears throat> there was a song that I that made me feel like a real badass for a portion of my life, and it was EMF's Unbelievable. You're unbelievable. That yeah, song. I can see you So I had a little dance patching. to it. No, I, I think there was a moment in Miami Beach where I think I had – the big speaker on you know it's on my shoulder, and it wasn't even annoying to anyone at the time because it was such a cool song. Uh, well, maybe some people found it annoying, but um, but I remember thinking that uh, as I was as I was single and kind of out of the house, and as I was traveling uh, to various places, uh, I remember thinking that that uh, I thought I thought, hey, I'm unbelievable. But it was that's pretty sad to say that you have to. Identify with a song that says "I'm unbelievable," but it's actually "You're unbelievable." So maybe you, Mike, the song was about you. Yeah, you know, it's, uh, that's the, the power of time travel uh, with music and all that. Yeah, I was there with you in spirit. You, yeah, you were. I mean, rancid song. I remember growing up kind of punk uh, a little bit. So Ruby Soho or um, uh, you know other various kind of rancid punk songs. Just would hate to be totally in the top three, but they were, they kind of came up. Or the Boys to Men. Uh, 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 how about some Bell Bib DeVoe? Bell, BBD. Yeah. Um, Harry Connick Jr. I always loved Harry Connick Jr. I have, I, I think um, there was a few songs of his, and then um, a, a couple of you know other like older classics as well. But um, getting it down to three is really tough. Okay. Well, we're going to move on to song two now. So, what is song two? Song two, you're asking me? Yeah, I want you to introduce this one. Oh, uh, this will be Right Now. I'm going to introduce Right Now. This is Right Now by Van Halen. Pretend like you're a DJ. Come on. Ladies and gentlemen, next up, Van Halen, Right Now. That's uh, Eric Raddatz's <laughs> second song choice here on Three Song Stories. Here we go. That's Van Halen's Right Now. It's Eric Raddatz's second song choice here on Three Song Stories. So what's the? Uh, where's that take you, Eric? Well, I mean, it fuels a lot of uh, getting it done. Um, I think for for me, um, the, the the sentiment is there. Uh, Van Halen again. This is a band who, you know, if you think about it, uh, what what they could create, um, very very uh, complex uh, and unique and brilliant musical approach um, with a with a dyna- with the dynamics. Uh, of of that group and and these this this these were the the words and their meaning I'm fumbling but um, you know this whole kind of thought that that we have this short period of time to really do do stuff in our lives and um, we have this moment and it's just right now you you can't it's carpe diem it sees the day uh, you know what do you want to accomplish with your life you probably 
you know, you can accomplish what you set your mind. You can set your mind to and accomplish it. And the thought that we have to put anything off really is so sad. And in this, in the, in this song, it's um, I get excited when it comes on or if I put it on. Kind of, kind of, I see myself driving down um, Route Business Forty One, kind of thrashing my head a little bit, driving safely, of course, um, but thinking about all the things that I still yet want to accomplish. And uh, now at this age, looking back at the things that I have set my, my head and heart to and have accomplished, and I just think, you know, we, we when we wake up and we open our eyes to have uh, this day of life, we have something that you can't buy with a zillion dollars. You've got the most precious gift in the world right now. And <clears throat> and what, what are you going to do with that? You can do pretty much whatever you want to do with that. And great happiness comes from uh, the satisfaction of completion and the satisfaction of trying and sometimes not succeeding but then learning how to get what you're going after and uh you know i think it's just a i think it's a brilliant song and it's it's a it's a power song um but i feel like it's one that's lasted through the generations is one i can put on right now and still has the same significance it's not wrinkled with a lot of back in the day or the, i mean besides the you know kind of heavy metal riffs um it it's still it's going it could potentially be Relevant uh, 400 years from now or 400 years before, maybe a lot like the Beatles song, All You Need Is Love. It's a it's a forever meaning song. So Sammy Hagar or David Lee Roth? See, as I was growing up, I always liked David Lee Roth because he was just a little more wild and a little bit more of a – I would see you definitely being a David Lee Roth guy in general, but, well, but go on. And I take that as a compliment because I am, I am and was as I got to see kind of the documentaries and behind the scenes and kind of some of the stories, I think, and then and, and the longevity of the band, how they came together. I think uh, that he wasn't maybe as well suited for the band. Um, and so so this song, obviously, he, he, he didn't – I would like to maybe hear his version of it. Right, right. Wow! Get a little more of that in there. More jumping. Jumping and kicking and being kind of flamboyant. But he was – David Lee Roth was – I mean he was – I mean you know he, he – as far as which one I would want to hang out with more still today, it would still be David Lee Roth. But as far as effectively and practically putting together the rock ballads that turned out being what Van Halen was, maybe not him. But yeah, he was still part of it. But if I had to pick back then, now it might not be David Lee Roth. It might not. So do you remember which was the first concert that you attended live in person as a human being? Um, you know, was, when I was younger, I, I heard stories that I had been to some concerts. But I don't think – I think the one that's most memorable was a Harry Connick Jr. concert, probably because I interacted with Harry Connick Jr. Where was I, that? That's in Chicago um, at the Tinley Park Theater. And we, we were – You some, would have been about how old? I don't know. I think I was – I think I was late teens. Okay. So it was or early 20s. This is – I don't remember going to a lot of concerts as a kid. Um, not – I mean not big star concerts. I remember going yeah, yeah. to, you know, recitals and, you know. Right. You know. So you got to interact with them how? Well, you know, we were with a great group of people. So we're sitting in the grass because we – this is the kind of music you could enjoy with your friends sitting in the grass. And, and you know, we were watching our money. We didn't have a lot of money. So – Harry Connick Jr., I remember him saying from the stage, you know, how y'all doing tonight? And and uh we were all we were having a we were having a great time. We loved the music and he was touring and um he said, How how y'all doing up here in the in the front row? And then there's kind of like the spattering of little applause and 
how are you all doing back there? So the most excited people were the, you know, <clears throat> the ones in the back. And he said – so he started kind of ripping on this guy in the front row. He says, look at this guy. He's got his feet up on the uh, – he's got his feet up on the chairs. No one's even sitting there. Why don't, you, why don't you, some of you guys from the back come sit up here? And I said, let's do that. Yeah, let's move. <laughs> so as we kind of made our way through through uh, pe- the people who were watching who's coming up with the tickets, we, we said, look, Harry just said we can come. So I brought three of my friends. And sure, sure enough, we got we sat in the front row. So through the whole concert, it was kind of like, "How are y'all doing tonight?" And uh, and you well, were talking back to him. Yeah, of we're having a great time here, Connor Junior. And uh, you know, are these seats a little better? It was kind of like you know, joking with us. And we thought this guy is so cool. And I, I happened to, I think I happened to offend him uh, during the concert, which is not something I really love recollecting. But he, uh, there was a certain smell um, that they could smell, and it's. It smelled like – I don't know what it smelled like. But he says, what, what is that smell? And one of the guys I think had kind of like longer hair and he had used some sort of – some sort of – I don't know. What would you call it nowadays? Product? A pro, some sort of product on it. And I remember we, we were already feeling so jovial with Harry Connick and so f- informal with him as if we were just hanging out with him. I was like, it's probably his hair, you know. <laughs> And I think he took offense to it because I think the smell he was speaking of was not that great of a smell. Right. And his and, bandmate had suddenly been accused of having stinky hair. Right. So he's going to stand up for his bandmate. I mean I just – we just became friends, Harry and I at that yeah, point. Yeah. Just that night that we started talking even. Uh, and <laughs> so he goes – he looks down at me and I was wearing – I'm pretty sure I was wearing a, a, a suit coat with sneakers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but he said uh, – he said, "No, man, that's not his hair. That's not that's not his hair. That maybe that's your hair." He just kind of flipping it back to me. He goes, "This guy looks like he's dressed up like B-52s." And he started singing, "Well, you see a painted sign at the side of the road." And then I got to take a bow because everyone was applauding because I somehow somehow resembled <clears throat> someone from the B-52s that. I think it was a colorful jacket or a shirt. It was the beginning of your ability to be uh, <laughs> funny and pleasing in front of crowds. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. maybe. I don't know. Uh, but certainly, he, you know, Harry is so cool. I felt right at home. And he made the guy who, was, who had bought the uh, $12 ticket to sit in the grass be, feel cool about sitting up there with the guys who paid, you know, 90 which, which nowadays is maybe 300 Who knows? So uh, where are you at musically today? What are you listening to most often? Do you have any new discoveries of bands that are like new on your playlist or do you kind of keep the curation going mostly? I think I think there's there's definitely um, – I hold on to some of the – my favorites. Um, I, I feel like as I look at some of my favorites that were a little more poppy, I look back with some regret just because I think there wasn't much depth to them. Um, but there's still some – there's still some grooves that are, you know – uh, that are just plain old good grooves, and I think you see you see some of that today. Like a lot of people give Justin Bieber a, a tough time. I said, you know what? I'm sorry. It's good looking dude. I'm sorry that you know all the girls love Justin Bieber, but if you really listen to a couple of his songs, you know I'm a fan. I, I I wouldn't say I would love to go to Justin Bieber concert, but he's he's kind of outside of the genre you would ever think of uh, somebody like me maybe enjoying. But you know what? The guy's he's talented. Uh, t- um, Ariana Grande, you know, I, I think you know for for what it's worth, you could take you know my Whitney Houston's and my Mariah Carey's and the Barbara Streisand and the Grammy Houston to listen to, and you could put them all together. They may not have the vocals of this, you know, Ariana Grande. I'm, <clears throat> I haven't actually downloaded any of her music, uh, but I throw her on a playlist sometimes. And if you see how she covers songs, I think it's pretty cool. 
Um, and and so <clears throat> I would say my musical taste gravitates towards uh, being open-minded. Um, I, I don't think I liked a lot of country when I was younger because it was kind of more R&B. Uh, coming, moving to Florida, I think I've, I've opened my mind to a lot more country artists. Um, I, I don't think that uh, there's like – I don't think death metal is something that I love. But uh, if, you, if you go to the gradation of Rage Against the Machine, I think there's, there's, a, there's a lot of passion in it. So I, I think while I look for melody and I look for meaning and I look for something you can just dance to, um, uh, it sounds so corny when you say that. Just give me something to dance to, man. It's music, right? I don't know. Yeah, just give me something to dance. I wish to. we could. I wish we could put that face of yours through the radio. I know. Well, we could put a picture of me. Yeah, there will be a picture of you <laughs> on the web. Check out the web. That's where but you I'm found sure, this. Make anyway. sure my coat's still on. Can you imagine any of the current songs or music that you've been introduced to recently? Some someday making it onto the you know bumping one of your songs today. Do you have anything that you're so like identified with currently, or do you just kind of? You know, have stuff you like, but you don't really see anything maybe lasting the test of time. Um, that that's a that's a question spoken as from someone who really gives a lot of consideration to this, and I never thought about that before. Um, but I think you're going to find a fierce loyalty with my favorites uh, and and room for the table at uh, you know new friends. Uh, so uh, th- th- there's nothing outside the realm of the possibility of something comes along that. I happen to to love uh, that may I don't know bump, bumping is the word, but maybe coming on coming onto the team, uh, join, joining the party might be a nicer way to put it. Um, certainly, um, I, I might have more favorites that that are more modern. Um, I, I I look back to times when my when my dad would sometimes take a look at the movies and music that I was listening to, and I remember him thinking, "That's not movies. That's not music." And not not in a snooty way, but just in a way where he identified more with different movies and songs. And I and I'm not quite there yet, but I I do sense in a way, as we see some movies and some music produced now, I feel sometimes it's not with the same kind of intellectual capacity that I happen to enjoy. So when there's when there's less thought given to maybe some of the lyrics, or there, or, or you listen to a song, you're like. Uh, I really would like to pimp that song with a little bit better lyrics, or maybe style it with a little different flavor. Um, some are, I'm sure, some that are being made now. Like, uh, I don't know. I mean, Vampire Weekend. I remember thinking that they're kind of some of their music was really masterfully put together. You, you need, you need. There, there's master artists and musicians that will craft things that I'm sure I'm going to be drawn to, and maybe um, add to the list. I don't know if any will ever take the place of. The beloved Beatles, but uh, they're certainly welcome to join the party. Well, all right, we have uh, time time for your last song. What do we got? Well, this is a Taylor Swift song. Taylor Swift song. This is "You Belong to Me" by Taylor Swift. Is, is Taylor Swift like you know? Is she cool enough to be on your list? I, you know, I was I was trying to find a way to put this to you earlier, but the fact that she is in my top three says a lot about Taylor Swift. Oh, <laughs> so whatever you want to say about her, step back, y'all, because. She made my number three. All right. This is... uh, (laughs) I have a good explanation. It's not just... I have to explain this afterwards. You have to explain it afterwards. This is... You Belong to Me by Taylor Swift. You're listening to Three Song Stories. My guest is Eric Raditz. Richard, go. I, uh, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that's the first time we've ever played Taylor Swift song in its entirety in the studios here at WGCU Public Radio. It was a dance party in here. You should have seen it. Eric was up on the table. Come on. Come on. Don't give it away. Where does that one take you? 
What is the story behind that one? Well, and before you judge me, uh, Taylor Swift is – she's a genius. You know, she has put into – first of all, her sales alone kind of say it. We, we know that's not why I like it. Um, but I, I just want to preface anyone who talks um, poop about Taylor Swift is wrong. She's brilliant. Uh, and this is – this song <clears> – the reason why I like this song, where it takes me back to is one very drunken evening actually. And you know, Mike – they say that you really know a person when they are drunk. That's the real person. Think of the people who the, the real person comes out, and it happened to also uh, correspond with um, a date. Um, my friends and I we wanted to go play some karaoke, and uh, I, I had been kind of interested in. This is the time when I was dating and been interested in a few girls, and so at least one was going to be at the karaoke and. Uh, there's one particular girl who I thought was just uh, – I remember telling her, you know, you and I are going to be really good together one day. Um, I, I just feel it. And it, it never had felt that way before. And so it's kind of a romantic, sappy romantic story that's turning to – sorry, please uh, be aware. There was some sappiness might Bring ensue. It. OK. Uh, so there was one girl I was after for a while and um, – I remember texting her and we do a we do a, a film series downtown Fort Myers and she would come out to it with her boyfriend and uh, I had a girlfriend at the time and I remember just thinking it, it was one of those girls where you don't even – you just want to be friends with her. It's cool. Uh, we, can, we can just be friends because you are that you – know, we, we had moments talking and we were just kind of on the same page and I thought I just want to be your friend. So I would – I would say, let's grab coffee. And she'd say, you know, I don't know if that's appropriate. Um, I've got a boyfriend. You know, you have a girlfriend. I'm like, come on. I'm not asking to sleep with you. I'm asking to just have a cup of coffee. We're adults. And I think her, her boyfriend was a little jealous. So she was like, no. So I'm like, OK. Um, so I'd occasionally bump into her and I broke up with my girlfriend. I was back in the single. So I put a little harder push on it. And uh, she, she said, you know, I still have a boyfriend. I said, I don't care. I don't care. Because you need to leave him because um, we we are – we would be really – I feel like we'd be really – and I felt this genuinely, authentically. And I explained in detail just exactly how wonderful this union could be in, in a very deep, serious discussion through, via text. And she's like, <laughs> she's like, that's great. She goes, but my boyfriend just read everything you said. So you better just watch out like that. And I was like, damn. Uh, fast forward – she brought her boyfriend out to this film series that I host and and I remember looking out to the audience and we usually go out in the audience with a microphone and she was uh, she was out there kind of looking to the left and he was staring me down. <clears throat> Thought I might got beat up that night. And I remember texting her after I said, you know, why did you bring why'd you guys come out if he's so pissed off of me? She's like, We don't come out there for you. We come out there for the show. And I was like, uh, I just like you more now. So you gotta leave this guy. <laughs> well anyway. Fast forward a couple more months. She said, you know, um, I broke up with him. You want to get some coffee? I said, yeah, absolutely. And and at some point it turned to do – you want to do like coffee or happy hour drink? <clears throat> and she said, yeah, happy hour is fine. So I was on my way to karaoke, this karaoke date, this particular evening already when she suggested a happy hour. So it's like I'll just slip in this happy hour moment. And at some point uh, the happy hour moment was was – I was like I have to I have to go out after this. I have friends when we – and she says, no. She goes, uh, well, OK. So I said, let's uh, – do you want do you want to join us for karaoke moment? So long story shorter, she she and I ended up hitting it off really well and 
we started – we were drinking. We did some shots. I don't know what was in these shots. But by the end of the night, we were singing to each other this Taylor Swift song, You Belong With Me. And I, and I remember really kind of feeling – Were you dancing like you were dancing here during the I, You can ask my friends that were there, uh, one of which uh, was happy enough to drive us both home. Um, and I remember thinking after that, you know, the fact that we picked that song, it's kind of cool. Well, then the relationship turned into turned out very good and, uh, you know, we got engaged and uh, we, we then later got married. And, and, and at the ceremony, the reception, we sang the song, you know, You Belong With Me. Because I think at the fundamentally at the root of it was this like love story where we both really kind of felt that. And, and I think if you look at the words, it's this purity that is also kind of universal and also kind of timeless. Um, and it's – you know, for me, it was a song that I picked just because when it comes to, you know, true love, it's really hard to find. And it's really hard to find two people that really kind of belong with each other. And uh, the fact that, you know, we kind of found that after one drunken evening, karaoke singing this to each other uh, in a state where we were, I think, truly ourselves, our real nature came out, uh, proved on to be – well, blessing to us, you know. We've been married five years now, and uh, we have a lovely, lovely child. So uh, together, and uh, so really, if you think about it, this song was in somewhat in thanks to um, our, our son's life there. So, I mean, what's better than that? The love story, uh, the, the fact that we have uh, uh, this awesome marriage and friendship, and and then and then a, and a wonderful child. So, you got to cut your blessings, everybody, when you when you talk crap about Taylor Swift because. The song You Belong With Me is an awesome song. Is that too much or too low? That's uh, perfect. Okay. When was the last time you – or have you karaoke that song with her since? Yeah. Um, I think maybe one anniversary we went out and sang it. But we also played around the house and it's not like we are it, – it's not like we play it all the time. It was like, oh, God. Let, but, but it's kind of like when it comes on, you know that song when it comes on, it has that special meaning. Uh, but you we just don't look over at each other. Well, yeah. yeah. Or, 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 or if I'm by myself, you know, like I remember as you told me about – this the series you're doing, and I played it. I remember tearing up a little, thinking about just how meaningful this this kind of dumb poppy song by a brilliant singer named Taylor Swift uh, turned out to be. You uh, you referenced the fact that you guys have a kid together. Um, I have a, an out of the box question, at least for the listeners. Where does Guns and Roses fit into your musical background? Well, so. Uh, Explain why I asked that. My, my son's name is Axel, and uh, and uh, we. We have noticed that a lot of people say like Guns N' Roses, Axel. Axel. Um, but you actually named him after the part of a vehicle that holds the tires together? No, that would be a sad story. Uh, the truth is um, I had the, the genealogical tree and in the tree we had our, our, our my, my 15th generation removed, great, 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 great grandfather, 15th generation back's name was was Lambert. So I said to my wife, I said, you know, we should probably name our child Lambert. She says, there's no way we're going to name him Lambert. So another another one on the list before there was Axel Rose was Axel Larson uh, in my family. So uh, great, great grandfather. So he's it's actually a family name. Um, but a lot of people want to assimilate it. But I want you to know Fergie from Black Eyed Peas also named her child Axel as well. Mm. And that, I don't know why she named that. All right. I've got one more quick question. Okay. Can you recommend a band that you think our listeners would never have heard of? Do you have any sort of um, you know, very eclectic or niche uh, musical stylings that you would like to recommend before we wrap up? Uh, maybe no one's heard of uh, Gwen Stefani. <laughs> She's pretty good. Uh, I, I think you know, um, maybe, maybe I think I do want to give a shout out to Rancid. Um, and through the 90s, I remember 
going to a couple of their concerts. Uh, Tim Armstrong, uh, they they sang ballads that are just so charged and but kind of pure. Um, and there's just a real a real I have I find a lot of uh, a lot of feeling towards a lot of their music. So Rancid, I don't know if there's I don't think there's I think they're not playing as the same band that they once were. But I know Lars and Tim uh, I think still tour together with. Um, Oh crap! I can't think of the other the other band member, but uh, Rancid. Rancid. I'm sure we can find that online somewhere. So, any final thoughts as we wrap up? Just the uh, man. This is great. Uh, thank you so much for having me, Mike and Irie, on this show. Uh, the the three song stories. I, I I really hope a thousand years from now people will say this is where it all started. Right here with Mike and Irie. And thank you for having me on it. Hey, no problem. That's Eric Raditz. He's a presentation editor at Florida Weekly. He's a founder of Fort Myers Film Festival. Um, he's a man of many things, including a, a wearer of sneakers with sport coats. And, and I post some of them on my uh, social media, so you can follow me. All right. Thanks, Eric. Thanks, Mike. Three Song Stories is created in the studios of WGCU Public Radio in Fort Myers. The show is produced, directed, and co-created by Richard Chin Kui. Our online content producers are Tara Calligan and Anna Bejarano. Chris Duffus is our executive producer. Our theme music was created by Dave 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 Cowan and Stick Martin at Monkey House Studio in St. Pete. My parting tune this week takes me back to a grand road trip I took in the spring of 1999. I've been working at the Broken Niblet Golf Shop in Fort Myers for several years when I decided it was time for a major life change. So I got rid of most of my stuff and packed up my 1987 Bronco 2 and hit the road with only Southern California as a vague destination because that's where my brother was at the time. He was doing his Ph.D. at Caltech. Before I left, I went around to my friends and asked them to recommend road music for me. And I borrowed a bunch of CDs to copy so I could have plenty to choose from while wandering. This track was one of the ones that most directly transports me back to that trip. It's called Windfall. It's from the band Sun Volt. I can clearly remember driving through rural Alabama on my way west, letting this tune roll around in my thoughts. And in the end, the album it was on was one of the ones I listened to most during that trip, which in the end turned out to be nearly three months long and be the start of the major life change I was looking for. Again, this is Windfall by Sun Volt. This is Three Song Stories. I'm Mike Canary. Keep listening. Next time on Three Song Stories. Third grade, show and tell. I bring in this record. My teacher, her name really was Mrs. Record. That was her name. (laughs) So we play this blow your mind weirdness and the class is silent. No one knows what to make of it. I'm kind of like thinking it's cool. The teacher says to me, I remember it to this day, well, doesn't seem like it takes much effort.